Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, and you'll also find many of them in iTunes. At thejazzsession.com, you'll see Amazon links to purchase the music you hear on the show, and if you click those links and either buy the albums uh, directly linked to or bu- really buy anything else, as long as you start from those links, a little portion of your purchase will uh, come back to the Jazz Session, which is a great help. Another and even more direct way to help the Jazz Session is by becoming a member. Visit thejazzsession.com and click on the Join link along the top or uh, the little subscribe icon on the left side. And you, for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year, can become a member of the Jazz Session. I need 100 members to keep this show going to make it financially viable, and I'm giving myself about six months to get there, which uh, I think should be eminently achievable with your help. So please join the people who have already become members and become one yourself. My guest today is the guitarist Garrison Fuel. He and his Variable Density Sound Orchestra have a new album called Sound Particle 47. It's on uh, the label Creative Nation Music, which is run by Eric Hofbauer, who, uh, another guitarist who has been a guest on this show. And Eric also wrote the first track on the album called Terra Firma, Terra Incognita. My guest is uh, composer and guitarist Garrison Fuel. He's got a new record called Sound Particle 47 with his Variable Density Sound Orchestra. This is uh, their sophomore release, and it's my pleasure to have Garrison on the show. Thanks for being here. 
Thanks, Jason. It's nice to be here with you. I really, uh, really enjoy this record. And uh, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you was about the the expansion of the group to include some new voices and, and what necessitated that on your end. Oh, when I began the Variable Density Sound Orchestra, I knew that it would it would expand. It's just that I had to start somewhere. Um, scientists say the universe is, is expanding, and um, so is the band. Even though the economy is shrinking, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to add more people to the to the band. But no, ser- seriously, um, I you know wanted to begin with a, a you know larger ensemble than I had ever led before, which was you know seven, six, and seven pieces um, on the first one. And I wanted to gradually you know expand the sound palette. Um, and expand my experience at the, at you know at, at the same time. Finding the right individuals to to do that is not it's not as easy, especially when many of the musicians live in uh, New York, Boston, and then you know Achilles Succi's from Italy. So I had to do it in a particular um, particular way, you know, one one record at a time. Let me ask you about that selection of musicians. Did you have? in mind a, a particular grouping of instruments? Did you have in mind a particular grouping of individuals? How, how do you go about selecting the people who are going to be in the band? Hmm, that's, that's, that's a very interesting question. I know I've thought about this, but I don't have uh, one specific answer, because it's sort of like writing, you know, how do, how do you write a tune? You know, what do you start with first? Do you start with the melody? Is there, well, there are no chords. <laughs> <laughs> on all this music, uh, you start with the bass line. You know, <clears throat> it really, de- it really depends. I, I know I can tell you for sure that um, Achilles Succi uh, was was you know high on my list. He's an Italian. Uh, he plays you know alto and bass clarinet um, virtuoso, and I've played with him uh, for you know off and on for years. He's a he's a wonderful um, human being, very uh, good friend. Wanted to have him on the session. Roy Campbell was someone that uh, on on trumpet from New York, whose music has fascinated me and um, you know really caught my ear. Also for many years, um, Eric Hofbauer, who's uh, you know my uh, guitar collaborator and also the uh, label president of Creative Nation Music, who um, puts out uh, <laughs> all these recordings and more. Um, was, you know, we we have a a, a a relationship. It's hard to describe because playing the same instrument yet thinking in different ways, but at the same time we can we can stop on a dime together. We can improvise without having any preconceived um, notion or idea and make it you know sound um, musical. So th- these were some of the elements that that really began the project as I. Search to fill out, you know, who what are who are the other voices that that I want to include? Can you talk about? Uh, and I'll just mention for folks that uh, Eric Hofbauer, who you were just talking about, was on the show a couple months ago, and uh, folks can seek that out at thejazzsession dot com. Uh, can you talk, uh, Garrison, about uh, the rhythm section? I, I've read uh, mm-hmm. several places about your approach to the rhythm section on this album, and and the kind of combination of its ability to. You know, lock into a, a groove, for lack of a better word, when necessary, and to be uh, free and experimental when necessary. Um, can you talk a little bit about your approach to the rhythm section on the, on this record? Sure. On on the first record, um, and I didn't didn't mention um, the bassist John Voigt, and he was, uh, you know, if if in a in a deck of cards, 
um, you know, you don't want just, you know, kings and queens and jacks. You know, you want the uh, the Joker, and I don't I don't mean this in some kind of um, you know funny sense, but you know the in Italian it's the the jolly, you know the the one that that can go in any direction, and for me that was that was John, who can you know can walk, um, play time, and uh, he's really really excellent with the bow, can play sounds, can improvise uh, freely. And so he was the, the first choice for bassist. And then um, Dmitry Shenko came on for this record, the sound, sound Particle 47. I always wanted to have two bassists. So this was, this was my first time ever um, you know, leading an ensemble with that combination. But I always heard it because it's just like we have two guitars. Um, the more strings, the better. There's a combination of, of sound and vibration with the strings that I really like. And there's some excellent, excellent um, uh, duo work between the two basses on this recording, whether it's one walking and one soloing or them soloing together. I really like that, that, that sound palette. So, and Dimitri I play with in another group with John Chikai called uh, John Chikai, um, Chikai six, uh, Five Points. We did a record on Nubop. And now, actually, the band has expanded and is uh, six six points when we added um, uh, Rosie Hurtline on on, um, on violin. So anyway, with Dimitri, you know, he he comes in and then it gives me another another possibility of having that sound palette, being able to groove, being able to improvise, and um, you know, they, like on FMP, there's um, you know Peter Kovald. Um, he was one of my favorite uh, bassists. Um, there there are many. Um, you know, I can I can't think of them off off offhand. Um, recordings with uh, two bases, and I just wanted to challenge that. That was my my goal. mentioned the drum chair which i think is the last person we haven't uh, spoken yeah to. mickey mickey is great she's she's on um both records and you know in boston uh she's in charlie colhase's um explorers club uh she's the drummer there and also in eric uh, hoffbauer's infrared band and uh yeah she she uh oh we we just played last night um 
no, the night before last at Johnny D's here in Davis Square, and John Chikai was the was the guest of the uh, VDSO, and um, at the end uh, we were you know we have we have what what I call a sound map. A sound map is like um, you know uh, a map of the sound where you want to go with a particular tune. While everything is improvised, there are certain cues or certain things that that can that can happen. And um, John, all of a sudden, you know, totally, uh, you know, pulled the sound map, the sound rug out from underneath the entire band. And after the the melody on this one tune that he and I wrote together, um, Long Distance Unity, he just said, "Me and Mickey, me and Mickey," you know, and called, you know, just called off the band. And they did a duet that was awesome, and uh, it was just great to be sitting right there in the middle of the two of them, you know, interacting that way. Mickey is, a, you know, fabulous drummer whether it's for sound textures for you know groove uh, she can play swing funk you know this is a band that doesn't avoid melody or swing or time but at the same time we can play uh, music that doesn't have to be based on metronomic uh, function you mentioned uh, uh, John and his contribution. Uh, you and he wrote, uh, as you just mentioned, "Long Distance Unity" together, and then he contributed uh, another track. Can you uh, can you talk about John? How how you two uh, first got together and and your relationship? Sure. In 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 terms of the just to to uh, address that last point that you mentioned, you know, John Chakai as a composer has a, he has a wealth of it's it's a it's a valuable resource because he has a wealth of compositions that he's been doing over the years, some of which, you know, he's performed with various groups but maybe not recorded. And, um, you know, he'll bring them to, you know, we play in different groups together. Um, And two of those compositions, what was on this record, Afro-Danish Form 6, Eric and I uh, interpreted as a duo. And then the other one, Long Distance Unity, is one that we wrote together. And so, in terms, you know, even though John's not on the record, he, you know, this is the second time he's uh, appeared with the Variable Density Sound Orchestra. Meaning that I think the third record, <laughs> I warned him. I think he's up for it. I was going to we'll, say it's uh, we'll time to get him on, right? John. <laughs> That's great. We met. Uh, you know, it was in 2003. He was playing here in Boston. Uh, uh, a writer. Uh, journalist and uh, and jazz critic Ed Hazel, who writes for the for the Boston Phoenix, and is a longtime uh, supporter of this music here in Boston, used to produce a series at the um, Institute of Contemporary Art, and uh, John was playing with uh, Adam Lane uh, on bass, Paul Smoker on trumpet, and Barry Altschul uh, on the drums. And I went to see that that concert, and I've known. About John and, and I've had you know, listened to his music for years, but there was something at that particular moment that in in my own life, as I was uh, really de- you know deepening my experience with improvised music and wanting to go you know full time in this direction, having departed from the main, you know more modern mainstream, if you want to you know call it um, uh, music that I had recorded before, and uh, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, invited me to dinner, who and John was staying at his house, and we just through conversation, I just decided to ask him, well, you know, I really, you know, really enjoy your music, and you know, perhaps would you be interested to record something? He lives in the south of France, 
And, and during the summers, I live in Italy. I have a home in Bergamo, which is you know, a little medieval town outside Milan. So we could you know, meet there, uh, work on some of his music, and then we recorded with, uh, the first one was Big Chief Dreaming, which was released on Soul Note, and was with an Italian rhythm section. And that was where you know, John brought some of his compositions, I brought some, and there was another horn player, Tino Tracana, a very well-known Italian um, tenor and soprano player that I had played with in different groups. It was kind of like a sort of the three of us led that, and that was the beginning of our musical collaboration. Uh, right at the same year, 2003, Charlie Colhase, another um, very very well-known uh, artist and um, you know local Bostonian, and John Chikai and I played a. Uh, we did a recording, we played a little tour and did a recording called Goodnight Songs. And that just, from there, it just blossomed into oh, infinite, seems, number of different combinations with uh, John Chikai. interested in, in reading about the way in which you wrote Long Distance Unity together. Uh, it, it sounded like a fascinating way to work. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the process of that composition? Well, fascinating way to work is a very generous way, way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit odd, I might, I might say, or unique. Um, neither John or I use Finale, which is a musical program, a computer program, that you know, many of my students are really adept at this, you know, writing music in the in the computer. So we still write by, uh, you know, you know the the, the same way that uh, you know classical composers, <laughs> you know, you take a, a pen or a pencil and you put it down on the on the paper and hope that you write it clearly enough that someone can read it. Um, in this case, we were preparing for I don't remember it was another tour or something. We just decided to write something together. So he sent me an email. And it just had the letter names and then an arrow after each name for whether the, whether the next note went up or down. And he just wrote like the first, the first measure of the tune, which was like, and that was it. But you couldn't hear it. You could only look at the, the notes and the arrows and then figure it out and write it down. And then I had to email back the second 
the second measure. Same, same way with letters and arrows. And um, somehow we got, like, I think it was like four, four or five measures. Um, we wrote the composition together that way, one, you know, one measure at a time, first John, then myself, John, myself. And we were missing the last bar. And when we, when we met before uh, we were playing, uh, we just came up with the last, the last measure. I said, I, th- I think this is a good way to, to end it. And so that's, that's what long-distance unity literally means. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you mentioned a few moments ago uh, something that I had wanted to cover, which was your your move from, uh, you know, as as you said, the more kind of modern mainstream uh, world into this more experimental world. What occasioned that move? You know, this has been this, uh, this a very interesting question. I've had this conversation with a number of um, people, either new people that I've met or people that knew me from the past, and and with some of my close friends. Um, some of my my good friends say uh, you know they they're not really into improvised music and and have a hard time you know relating to it so they're still hoping that I'm going to come back and they say well yeah let me know <laughs> when you decide to come back and uh, play something we recognize that may sound a bit extreme but they're still they're still my good friends 
Um, you know, this was going on for a long time. I've been listening to whether it was, you know, John Coltrane from the 60s or Annette Coleman, um, Sun Ra, uh, Anthony Braxton, Roscoe Mitchell, the, you know, the art ensemble, uh, Derek Bailey, the guitarist, uh, English guitarist Derek Bailey, who some people say doesn't really even play jazz. It's so hard to define what it is that, that, that he does. Um, these you just you know a handful of artists. There are many more. Muhal Richard Abrams, that that really inspired me. Steve Lacey, and I'm a I'm a record collector, so I would just you know be buying records every week by artists that whose music I really enjoyed, and my ears and my my personal musical vibrations changed. Um, slowly over time, while I was still playing one kind of music, I knew I was headed in this direction. And then at pretty much around when I turned 50, I don't know if it was coincidental with that you know, specific number, but it was that year that I you know, really came about with my debut of uh, you know, performing and recording improvised music in uh, 2003. And the first, the first concert was with uh, vibraphonist Kanjamal, who um, recorded often for um, Steeplechase in the 80s and recorded with um, Dudu Pukwana, the alto, South African uh, alto saxophonist, Johnny Diani, South African bassist, who was you know, truly a you know, magical uh, musician and individual, and with the alto saxophonist, Charles Tyler. And, and so I, I chose... He did a fair amount with Matthew Schiff. As, as, as the first sort of you know, intersection. I had a trio with Khan and Cameron... Around. And that's, I don't know, it was just, that that's how it happened. Did you find that you, uh, was it necessary for you to make kind of a new set of, of musical partners when you when you made that directional change? Well, absolutely. That's, that's the key to this music, is finding out who you can um, perform with. This is, this is not the kind of music that you can write a chart and figure that any capable uh, musician who can read and play well and has some you know, at least some manner of sympathy, uh, sim- sim- sympathetic vibrations or same blood type, you know, can, can perform. There's something about improvised music that's, that's hard to explain, but you know when you're playing with someone how each one listens and interacts to the other, um, whether it's working or not. And not all combinations have, you know, produce equally valuable results. There are times where you can't, you know, you certainly can't force the music to happen, or try to describe it too much in a particular way. Although we work on the music and we practice and we rehearse together, most of what we do is spontaneous. So it has to come from that that, that real um, sympathetic vibration and looking for even even if you're coming from different places. Certainly, John Shakai and I have completely different backgrounds, but somehow we're able to meet in the middle and find a harmonious. Um, Thank you. 
on this record, how do you, uh, speaking of balance, how do you balance the the composition and the kind of collective improvisation? How, how do you navigate your way through that? Mm, let's see. You know, I, I, I'm searching for a kind of music where one, one form doesn't dominate for too long. So in terms of, you know, composition, it's, it's important to have something that you can, um, you know, a mel- melodic or rhythmic framework or a bass hook, something that you can use as a starting point, but not always. I'd say about 50% of the music on the record, or let's say ha- half the tunes, I'll put it that way, um, are imp- completely improvised. Um, and then the, then the compositions serve as sort of a way to break up those improvisations and have a moment to you know to focus back on you know particular you know mood or a certain um, you know framework. Um, you know, so the, the compositions help that way, but the improvisation is the, is really the goal. You know, the the composition is just uh, a starting point or a suggestion. That might influence the improvisation because you know when once you played uh, have played a melody that might stay with you. You might tend to continue in that vein, or you might break break from it. Again, there's 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 no rules here. So. Certainly, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems to me that the success of a group of uh, collective improvisers this large really has to be in the in the selection of them before you even play the first note because you have that many people. Uh, all trying to to move in the space around each other. It seems like if you, you really have to have chosen well, even before the music is played, so that a group this large would work. Is that a fair assessment? There are a lot of years. <laughs> you know, <you've, laughs> yeah, uh, that's that, that's absolutely it's absolutely essential that musicians, when we play this, when we play creative, improvised music, that we can listen to each other. At the same time, we're not copying each other, so each, each individual has their own personality or center of gravity that then, just like when planets move through the solar system, they, the gravity of each planet is affecting the other. And so it's pulling or, or, or pushing in a certain way till, you know, when you're in a collective improvisation, it's you can't always tell where the I, the original idea generated, but when you're listening, um, it's it sparks something in you either to play a contrasting idea or to play a har- you know similar or harmonious idea. In any case, you have to jump in with your first reaction, your first uh, you have to trust your instincts and really not hesitate. Um, so as a, as a group, the more that we play together and the more we know each other and what we're capable of, the easier it is to make collective improvisations uh, function in, in, a, in a musical way. Garrison, is there any story behind the title, Sound Particle 47? Yeah, I was, um, you know, oftentimes in, improv- in improvised music, you'll play something first and then, and then try to figure out what what the title is or what it what it says um there you know it's not always like that but but very frequently that that happens and the in listening to the music 
at the time, my own, uh, my own studies, I was reading a book by um, Michio Kaku uh, called Parallel Worlds, and, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm not a great mathematician, but I'm very, very fond of mathematical equations as musical equations. Um, I, just, I just wrote a new book. Uh, it's published on Berkeley Press uh, called um, Jazz Improvisation for Guitar, harmonic approach, and in that book, one of the ideas I present is Einstein's theory of harmonic relativity. I won't go, I won't go into it, <laughs> but, but, but the idea is that, that um, you know, sound, notes are related to each other through, through silence, and, from, and, and even silence has a vibration. As I was, you know, really studying quantum mechanics, um, silence is is not the lack of sound, it's a different vibration. And so in the, the idea of variable density is to vary the density of sound vibrations through different combinations of musicians, duo, solo, trios, and then you know, larger, you know, when you get the whole ensemble, you know, eight or nine pieces you know, going at once, to have that density... Uh, to have a variation of that density through the different interactions and combinations of musicians. So I was in the mountains of Italy where I actually print the CDs by hand. Um, there's a, I have an old uh, press, and um, so I ink, you know, I, there's a little metal plate that does the cover, and I ink each one and, you know, and, and you know, make one at a time, and you know, depending on um, how long a bottle of wine will last, I can I can determine how many of these I could press. And uh, I was reading an article, and uh, so- something was a, some. It was in Italian, but somehow the translation came out to be um, a sound particle. I think it was particelli in Italian, and I just thought of sound particle, and then I can't I can't describe forty seven. Somehow, if you put it all together, maybe it's an alliteration, sound particle 47.
Garrison, I've really enjoyed listening to this music and talking to you about it. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you, Jason, for the opportunity uh, to, to talk about the music. I uh, really, really appreciate getting together with you. Thank you. That's music from Garrison Fuel and the Variable Density Sound Orchestra, their new album called Sound Particle 47 on Creative Nation Music. I'm Jason Crane. You're listening to The Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Please do go to thejazzsession.com and become a member. There are several different membership levels, both monthly and yearly, in various ways of saying thank you for your membership. But the key way that I'm going to say thank you is by continuing to make the Jazz Session. I need 100 members to sign up uh, in the next six months in order for this show to be uh, just financially viable enough for me to keep doing it. Believe me, it will not become a, uh, a profit-making enterprise, um, but it will just exist. And, and that's good enough for me, actually. So uh, please do become a member. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this program. They've got a number of uh, fantastic records, which uh, I really love, not just because they're my friends, but uh, because they're great musicians. Their most recent record is called Farcical Built for Six, and you will find it and all the other albums at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the Jazz Session logo. Get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session.
listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.